quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Oh, yes, guy. My favorite two words followed by boo 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 boo. Jim Taddy and the noted Perry Lefko with you. Uh, you know, I didn't want to say legendary, so I'm just going to go with noted. Perry, how are you this week, sir? Jim, doing great. It's been a fun week. Uh, so many things happening in sports right now. It, it's just that time of the year. It is. Um, and I like when the, the footballs collide, the NFL and CFL collide, and that's where, where we are. The hockey camps are just around the corner, followed by uh, basketball and all kinds of stuff in the air. It's, it's been a great week. There's no question about that. And uh, we have Kate Burdess. She'll join us very shortly. Uh, we have Trish Power, uh, mother of Owen Power, the first overall selection by the Buffalo Sabres in the recent NHL entry draft. She'll join us in segment two. In segment three, Daryl Ezra will be by. He has a horse in the Prince of Wales Stakes that runs at Fort Erie on Tuesday in the obligatory yes guy, no guy. Are you all set for this? Yeah, it's going to be a great show, and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm still pumped from that Tom Brady game the other day. I mean, the guy's phenomenal. He is. We'll get into that in a second. Fox 40, proud to announce the launch of Ron Foxcroft's new book, The 40 Ways of the Fox. Order your copy today at fox40shop.com. Net proceeds go to Liberty for Youth and City Kids, two organizations that do wonderful work in our community. And if you're looking for an experienced real estate agent, Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX West Realty Brokerage, has 26 award-winning years of real estate experience. So, looking for the highest level of knowledge, experience, and service, put Charles Park in your corner. Visit charlespark.ca, call him or text him at 647-292-8886, servicing from Hamilton to Kingston, from Toronto to Muskoka. Charles Park will not be outworked by anybody. Now, you know, Perry, there were some pundits that said that the Bucks could go 17-0 and on this season. That's a lofty prediction for a defending Super Bowl champ, but this is a team, when you watch them play, that they just seem to know what to do and when to do it, and, of course, they, they did that all the way to a, a Super Bowl victory last year. I don't see any hangover there, do you? No, and I think what's interesting is once Tom Brady started to figure out the personnel and the team started to figure out him, they went on a roll last year, and you saw it again, you know, in the game Thursday night. Just to me, the protection was amazing. He was able to hit his receivers. It, everything flowed perfectly, and they won because, you know, they were given a minute left at the clock, and that's what he does. All right, we are pleased to welcome to Yes Guy, the radio show, the host of the CFL and TSN, Kate Burness. Kate, how are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you doing, Jim? Good to be on the show for the first time. Yeah, our, our pleasure to have you. And you know, I was watching the panel last night, and first of all, the, on the Friday night game, the Argo bounce was alive and well. That was a seat squirmer, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, you know what? It was so funny because, you know, the entire game, it looked like the Argos were going to completely dominate, which was really weird. I mean, it's just been so hard to figure out, like, a lot of the seasons are in the CFL and the NFL. But, I mean, after Monday's Labor Day Classic, I think all of us kind of thought, okay, you know, the Tiger Cats are going to romp again. Obviously, the Argos were going to make adjustments, and they certainly did right off the hop. I mean, they ran the ball. It was the two-back system. But, um, you know, it's just so funny with the CFL. And every single year I watch this, a game is never over until it's over. So, I mean, that was just – it was chaos. The end of that game was complete and utter chaos. Kate, I, too, watched the uh, broadcast last night. I saw the exchange between you and Davis. Is it true that Davis never listens to you? 
<laughs> oh, Davis, none of them, Perry, none of them listen to me. I mean, this is like, I, I, I explain this, it's like herding kittens every day. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know what, the guys, uh, the guys are amazing. And uh, obviously, it's, I've done Thursday nights up until this season, so uh, we certainly have a rapport together. But uh, being there full time, uh, and having Smitty out doing some play-by-play has been pretty much, I think, a, a seamless transition. And uh, they they respect me, and I respect them. And you know what? We just we just want to have fun. And I think that's always the thing with television. At the end of the day, um, you know, as serious as sports can get, it, it's entertainment, and it's entertainment value. And you know, one of our producers, Jamie Rydell, always says, "I want this to kind of mimic the TNT panel." And we just we kind of dedicate the fact that you know what yeah we're going to talk about football we'll talk about X's and O's a lot but at the same time uh, we got a lot of personalities up on that desk and we're going to show them. Well, I like the chemistry that that Ches and, and and Barker have. I mean, those guys could go at it. Well, because they have the history too, right? Like they yeah. they can talk about the times. Well, you know, Jim brought Ches in to play for Calgary, so. I mean, their stories, and I mean, they were telling some of them on Labor Day there when when Chesy got into this fight with Ed Hervey, and it, I am just, I'm like in stitches laughing because he's talking about swinging a football at Ed Hervey's groin because Ed Hervey tried to basically horse collar him down to the ground. And I'm like, who? And it's funny because we always work with athletes post-career, obviously. And I'm just like, I can't picture Ches doing these things. Like, it's just, I didn't think that it was in his nature, but I'm like, I guess these guys young were a little bit different than they are now, not to call them old or anything, but, uh, but no, it's just the stories. I just, I, I just, I could sit there all day and listen to these guys. Well, you mentioned Jim Barker and Jim Barker and I go back a ways and uh, I've been very impressed with his sartorial splendor. What do you think about some of the suits he's been wearing? You know what? I think I think Jim's picking up the style game a little bit too. And I think if anyone's uh, the most critical of themselves, it's Jim. Like in a look on camera, I'd be like, I like this, and I like uh, I like the look of this. But and it's you know he's he's getting a lot of reps now too. I mean he's he's a lot more comfortable than the first time I worked with him. I think he's doing a tremendous job. Um, and then last night on the broadcast, he got to use the touch screen. Well, I did the touching part, but he he uh, was dictating each and every play. And w- when he's breaking down. Uh, X's and O's like that that is just that's second to none that's stuff that I always love when we have analysts that can completely break something down that I never even thought of as a, as a regular viewer um, and he's so unbelievably gifted in that area so I hope uh, I hope moving forward we're going to do a lot more and that also shows off his entire look by the way that it shows off the jacket the pants the shoes so uh, I think that's an important part of the whole broadcast too and hopefully the the red sports jacket does not return. I mean that that's a tough one. I mean, look, I get criticized <laughs> enough on my wardrobe because I think I think women get unfairly criticized about their appearance twenty four seven on camera. So I'm just going to leave that. I'm going to leave that to uh, to who's ever picking out the outfits. Well, Kate, I just wanted to ask you a little off off the, the what we're discussing right now, just about women broadcasters and their emergence and. You know, I think in recent history, you're probably one of the ones that emerged as I would call a star. And how do you feel about, you know, the uh, the opportunities that women are being given now in sports broadcasting? Well, don't tell my parents that I'm a star because they'd never they'd never tell you that. Back. Um, you know, it's um, in my opinion, it's about time and it's not about. 
you know, an, an equal number. Like, I guess it is equality in, in some sense. But basically, I'm just a huge advocate of giving opportunity where opportunity is deserved. Um, and I always say this to young women when, when I speak to them. And I say, look, if you're capable of doing something and you have the confidence to do something, um, you, you just need, you know, a company, a management team, an individual to literally give you a shot. And I think that's now what is finally happening. Um, I appreciate TSN because they gave me that opportunity and they allowed me to show the fact that, yeah, I can actually talk football the same way a guy can talk football and I can, you know, break down basketball the way another, you know, male, female, whoever it may be can break down basketball. Um, So it was just important to, to be given that opportunity and then to take the reins and make sure that you consistently stay on top of it and that you consistently work hard at it to prove to other women uh, that they can do it as well. But, you know, wh- where I have been given the opportunity in my career over the last 12 years at TSN, I personally look back to women in the 90s, like a Doris Burke, uh, who I know quite well, and I think to myself, yeah, you know, sometimes I've obviously had to deal with, you know, being that female in sports stereotype, but she, uh, she dealt with it 100 times more than I did. Um, you know, back when she was working MSG and was the first female color commentator for a professional men's team. And, you know, she was told to get back in the kitchen and what is she doing here? Like, it was just, it was endless. And it took her this many years to prove herself. Um, so if it wasn't people like Doris, then I wouldn't have ever been given the opportunity that I had at TSN and to hopefully continue to push the needle forward. So it just, it continues to get better and better each and every year. I mean, we still deal with some stuff, obviously, that I don't think men deal with um, to this day. But I, I only see it getting better and better in the future. So let's go back to the start. Uh, even before that you would have been exposed to Doris and, and, and her uh, fine work, uh, how, did, how did this happen for you? How did you get the idea that, that this was something that you wanted to do, that, that you could do, and that you would enjoy doing? And Jim, like every other broadcaster, I just couldn't make it as a professional athlete. Like, I think if you ask <laughs> any, no, like, you got to admit, like, if you ask, I would say, I'm going to say at least 75 to 80% of us wanted to play sports our whole life. Um, I told my parents from the day I could dribble a basketball that I was making the WNBA. And they were like, and I love my parents to death. And they're teachers. My mom was a librarian and, my, and a math teacher. My dad was uh, a music and a history teacher. So the sports things just... I mean, my dad loves the CFL, but other than that, I don't really know where I got the rest from. Um, and I love—I fell in love with basketball so young. Uh, I watched Jordan. I, I thought I thought it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And then they, they were always super supportive, but they were like, have a backup plan. And I didn't understand their backup plan, but that's fine. And uh, when I blew out my knee when I was 17 years old, I ended up getting cut at the university level for basketball. Um, I, 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 it was a void. It was a huge, huge void in my life that I just spent so much time on. And I remember watching TSN. I think, I honestly think, I don't know if it was Sports Desk at the time or Sports Center, but, um, and I just remember going, like going kind of word for word with a highlight pack. And I thought, oh my God, I'm like, I think I can do this. And then I went and told my parents I was going to be a sportscaster. And again, they said to me, make sure you have a backup plan. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not jerking around this time. This is, this is the one. Um, and then beyond that, I just, I worked, I worked so hard that, it just—it was never a thought to me that I wasn't going to be a sportscaster. Uh, every hour of volunteering that I did, every shadow shadowing that I did, every news story that I had to report on, it, nothing mattered because I always saw the end goal. And uh, and I always say to people too, I've never worked a day in my life, and uh, I can't tell you how grateful I am to this day to get paid to talk about sports. 
Okay, we'll edit that out so so that the, the management doesn't hear yeah, that. Please but, don't. But, please don't send that to management. Please don't. But, but let me ask you this, though. As you started, I think you, you sort of uh, tipped your hand there when you said that you started to do the uh, the, the highlight pack, voice play-by-play, uh, play, voice-for-voice, uh, and, and, and sort of have it fit in. I mean, that, there had to be something that happened along the way that absolutely sort of bona fide your belief in, in yourself that you, you thought, oh, I can really do this. And, you know, you do have to control your own performance, but, but you had to know that you had some raw talent there. Oh, I think, I think so. And it, as you know, too, like, like this industry is so up and down too, right? Um, I, I think I've always, um, it's funny because when I read a highlight pack, my mind goes somewhere else. Um, I get so into the game. It's like I'm rewatching a game. And I think what happened was, I think the day I figured out that this might be a career, um, I was working up in Barrie, Ontario, and I had been filming a football game the day before, and a linebacker and a running back collided. They hit my camera. The camera hit me in the head. I'm not saying that that was the moment where I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be a sportscaster. I cut, open my, um, I cut open my eyebrow, had to go to the hospital, get it taped up, get it glued together, and then I got a phone call um, from TSN the next day asking if I'd come down for an audition. <laughs> so I go to TSN. And I'm still thinking at this point, like I'm grinding through the industry. I know I've got a little bit of talent, um, but I didn't know. I knew that there weren't a ton of jobs in the industry. I went down for the interview, had the worst interview of my entire life. And I'm like, okay, this isn't for me. And then they said, well, we'll bring you back the next day and you can do a test run of SportsCenter. And I was like, well, that's super awesome. At least I'll get to do SportsCenter once in my life. And I went up to, to the desk thinking there was absolutely no chance in hell that I was ever getting this job. And one of the first packs they gave me um, was the Chicago Bears. And the Chicago Bears are my favorite football team. And I was like, awesome. I'm like, I can read this no problem. And they rolled the highlights. And I swear it was, I just, I took myself to like, to Soldier Field, into that game. And uh, then they brought up Rod Smith. And I'm like, well, why are they bringing up Rod Smith? This is weird. And I'm like, this is awesome. I get to like anchor with Smitty, right? (laughs) And then I got off the stairs and uh, our former boss was standing there. And he said, well, that's exactly what I was looking for. And I think it's because I've really never maybe, not that I don't take it seriously, I take it incredibly seriously, but, um, but I, I let myself go there. I let myself go to Soldier Field, go back to those places that I just love more than anything. Um, and when I'm just myself, I think that's always been the key to the whole thing. Kate, it was a thrill to have you on the show. Thanks very much. Yes, guy. I always want to yeah. say that. Thank you, Perry. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> wow. Nice yeah. job. Yeah, extremely well done. She held off till the end. Kate Burness, certainly at the top of the talent pile. There's no question about that. She's a great broadcaster. Uh, coming up next, we'll have Trish Power on. She's the mother of Owen Power, the first overall pick by the Buffalo Sabres in the recent NHL entry draft. If you are an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX West Realty Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call 647 292 or email charles at remaxwest.net. Fox 40 is proud to announce the launch of Ron Foxcroft's new book, The 40 Ways of the Fox. Order your copy today at fox40shop.com. Net proceeds go to Liberty for Youth and City Kids, two organizations that do wonderful work in our community. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Tell me what-
Stay safe in the water this summer for all your marine safety needs. Visit fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your entire order. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 734 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. And you know, with 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money and get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors, Incorporated. Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. Please have with us now Trish Power, the mother of Owen Power, first overall selection by the Buffalo Sabres uh, in the summer in the NHL entry draft. Trish, welcome. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So let's talk about your middle child, Owen. How would you describe Owen to somebody who had never met him? A gentle giant, quiet confidence. Just a easygoing kid, gets along with everyone, but uh, goes about his business in his own way. And he's uh, he. Some people think he's extremely quiet, but once he gets to know you, then he opens up, and uh, he actually has a great uh, sense of humor and a great character to him. Trisha, first of all, I want to thank Andrew Clowater for putting me in touch with you. And I wanted to ask you, when did it become apparent to you and your husband that this wasn't just the game that your son was playing or your two boys are playing, but this is a business? Um, we probably don't see it at the same time that it happened. Uh, Z probably thought it was earlier than I kind of realized. Uh, however, I would say it was in his bantam year. So around 13, 14 is when... Um, you know, I really started thinking, wow, this might be something that uh, he's going to do for a long time. So in his Bantam years, when I thought it really kind of kicked off um, for Owen. So let me just follow that up by saying, you know, a lot of parents put their kids in sports just for the opportunity. Was that what you did with your kids, or did you ever see it like it could be something more than that, like it maybe could lead to a career? No. uh, We thought sport was very important, so all of our kids played sports, both a winter sport and a summer sport. Uh, They could choose whatever they wanted to play um, and try it out, and then if they liked it, they can continue or they could change it up. But sport has always been important to uh, both Z and myself, and also all three kids have played um, at the elite level. Uh, And Owen, from the time he was one and a half, he had some kind of sports equipment uh, on him, whether it was a basketball, lacrosse stick, a hockey stick. He was just a very busy kid that liked any kind of uh, sports. Trisha, as you know, the famous Sidney Crosby story where he fired pucks at the appliances in the basement. Is there there an Owen story like that? (laughs) Well, you just have to drive by our house and see our garage doors, which he won't (laughs) let me replace. So our garage doors have more puck marks than they do uh, paint, probably. Um, and I was hoping that after the draft they could be replaced, but he still wants us to keep them up. So anytime anyone drives by our house, uh, they see it. And I think a lot of people last uh, until just recently. And the, the story in the neighborhood is, well, we understand why your garage is the way it is. I mean, that might make a, a good frame picture, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Trish, what was it like on the day of the draft insofar as when he was selected? Because normally 
in uh, pre-COVID times, it's held at one of the arenas of one of the teams. In this particular case, you were there at your home. So um, did you find that a different experience, you know, because there's probably a lot of production people working with you in terms of how the whole thing was going to go? We didn't know what to expect. Uh, We were fortunate enough that the COVID numbers changed just before the draft. So we were able to have more people than the 25 that they were saying a couple weeks before. Um, And really, it was at my sister's house. It wasn't at our house. She hosted it. And my sister and her husband did a great job. And they were really the ones that put it all on. There wasn't a lot of uh, production. You know, you had the remote NHL.com and uh, one of the sports casters were there like live but other than that it was really just our family that put it together and thankfully we come from a very large family and we were able to have uh you know direct my siblings and my husband's siblings and then some close cousins and some friends of Owen. Trish uh, the decision to stay in school uh, how was that an involved decision was it a no-brainer and and uh, what courses are, are is Owen taking? Um I don't think Owen hid that from any interview that he did. He always said he was leaning to go back to school. However, he would uh, leave it up to once the team picked him and speak with the GM and the coaches, and that's exactly what he did do. Um, in Owen's mind, it uh, either way would have been great. He thinks he'll develop great in Michigan. I think everyone knows that the team uh, that they have this year, we're hoping for great things uh, for Michigan this year. Um, and Buffalo was very supportive. He spoke with uh, Kevin Adams, and Kevin was very supportive of his decision to go back. And we're hoping Owen has a great year uh, at Michigan. And then as soon as the year is over, we're hoping he's in uh, Buffalo. Well, Trish, we mentioned the other a few minutes ago about your son, Adam, who's now playing at a hockey academy. I think he said it was Rochester, Rochester when we spoke the other day. How were you able to determine, you know, which hockey academy uh, Adam would go to? Did it have anything to do with the fact that Owen may be, you know, in Buffalo as early as, you know, the end of this year? Well, that was definitely um, talked about. However, because of Owen, we were able to use, um, you know, his same agency helped us out to find a spot for Adam. Um, Adam, unfortunately, wasn't drafted in the OHL this year. And, you know, that could have been from missing an entire year of hockey due to COVID. But he was drafted by the USHL, the Chicago Steel, the same team Owen played for. So we just thought it might be a good opportunity for Adam to uh, go to the school because in the States, you know, they're playing already. So he's already got uh, eight games under his belt where here in Ontario, uh, the kids haven't started playing as yet. I should ask you, are, are you a Buffalo Sabres fan, your family, or are you about to become huge Buffalo Sabres fans? We are now. And like I said, we have a very large family, and it's very close to uh, where we live. So we're very excited. Um, you know, growing up in Toronto, I think everyone's a Maple Leaf fan, and I'm sure we'll still cheer them on. But no, Buffalo is our new favorite team. All right. Let me just, one last question. This is basically like, can you give any advice to parents whose kids are in hockey in terms of helping them to understand, you know, use the experience to, you know, let your kids play, but don't put any pressure on them to be anything more than that? Yeah, that's exactly. Let them have fun. Let them go build relationships, build friendships, and let them have fun. 
And really, they'll probably let you know how far they want to go. Like, you have to have that inner drive um, for the extra training, the extra skating, shooting, etc. And they'll let you know, um, or you'll be able to see it if that's really what they want to do. You know, getting up early, going to the gym. Those are all things that come to it. But the most important thing is to have fun and build those relationships that you're going to have um, for a, a lifetime. Owen's best friend is, you know, the young kid that he played with when he was, you know, five, six, seven, and they're still best of friends now. Trish, well said. Thanks very much. I really enjoyed this. Okay. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. That's Trish Power, uh, mother of Owen Power, number one overall draft pick by the, the Buffalo Sabres, and certainly a, a grounded kid. And uh, we'll we'll see that you know how he develops as, as an NHL player. But that that team that he's on, that NCAA team, is loaded. I mean, that could be a World Junior team quite easily. It is. It's just got loaded with talent. To, uh, what four of the top five picks were from the same school? That's never happened before. That was. Uh, that, that's a stunning array of talent, to say the very least. Coming up next, Daryl Ezra, and uh, he has a horse in the Prince of Wales Stakes, second jewel in the Canadian. Horse racing, thoroughbred horse racing, triple crown at Fort Erie on Tuesday. And uh, this note here, use a Fox 40 whistle to be heard outdoors while walking, hiking, biking, and more. Visit fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. This segment was sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, Braley advisors.com with 30 years of experience herb will help you do what you want to do with your money get it back to you when you need it the most financial clarity and comfort with Braley financial advisors incorporated this is yes guy the radio show tsn 1050 tsn1050.ca also available in the tsn and iheart radio apps Jim Taddy and Perry Left go with you. This is the Sky Radio Show. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Please have with us Daryl Ezra now, and he has a horse, the Prince of Wales Stakes, Tuesday at Fort Erie. The post time is 5.30. Ready at dawn is the horse. Daryl, welcome. How are you today, sir? Great, guys. Thanks for having us. Our, our pleasure. I mean, you've done literally everything in horse racing, but we're going to go to the, 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 the breaking story. Tell us about Ready at Dawn. This is not your, your normal horse in the, the Prince of Wales stakes uh, in a triple crown race. Tell us what makes this horse special. Well, he's got pedigree of elite status. Uh, his great-grandmother is a horse called Dance Smart. Uh, his great grandmother is a horse called Dance Smartly. Uh, she won the Oaks, the Plate, the Prince of Wales, the Breeder Stakes, and won a Breeders Cup Classic. Uh, Tom Durkin, the track announcer at the time, uh, dabbed uh, dabbed her as the uh, queen on the continent of racing, and uh, that's just, that's Reddy Don's great grandmother. His grandmother danced for the Don, won the plate, uh, beat the boys, won the Oaks, was second the Prince of Wales, won the Breeders. This horse has aristocratic pedigree. So, Daryl, you and I have known each other a long time. What does it mean to have a horse in, the, in one of the Canadian Triple Crown races? Because I think a lot of people never even get that chance. This is sort of a fairy tale story. We claimed him, uh, Ready Don, for 15000 at Woodbine. 
he was beat 32 lengths. We ran him back uh, about uh, six, maybe uh, about four or five, I'm going to say yeah, about uh, 16, 18 days later, and they won by seven. So uh, we found a, a situation with his tongue, and uh, we changed the medication, and uh, he, he ran real well. So to live the dream and be in a $400,000 stake race, the biggest race that Ford Erie has to offer, one of the jewels of, the, of Canada's Triple Crown, I mean, totally awesome. Uh, it's the biggest race that Fort Erie runs. I've been here for almost 30 years, and it's uh, really an honor um, to represent our home track uh, and our and our home uh, horsemen and have an opportunity. So it's uh, it's like for us, it's our Stanley Cup. Uh, Daryl, take us through. Perry sent me some notes here and said the the horse had to have some some major veterinary work, uh, had physical and, and mental issues. Take us through all of that. So uh, we got him back to the barn after he got beat 32 lengths, and uh, Vicky Banks was my attending veterinarian. I asked to, to have the horse sculpt, which is a procedure. We stick a tube, uh, it goes placed through its nostrils, into its lungs, and uh, you're looking for any kind of um, respiratory issues, whether it's uh, in the throat, the trachea, the lungs itself. Um, could be exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhaging, could be um, uh, sickness, could be mucus, sculpt clean. But trying to put the scope down there, he was throwing us off the wall, trying to put the lip chain, which is a restraining device. He was tossing us. So uh, we, we went and got a twitch, um, and again, fighting us. Why are you doing this horse? I couldn't understand. Um, you know, I, so, so we, we, we scoped, the horse scoped well. We took the horse, as I said, medication changing. We took the horse off the Lasix, which is the diuretic we use for, for bleeding, horses that do uh, hemorrhage during racing. And every horse, you know, can do a little bit. It's just part of uh, racing. It's not a negative thing. It's just, uh, you know, they, they're under a lot of stress, and uh, like any athlete, um, you know, they're the physical demands of racing. So we took him off Lasix. I get him back to the barn the next day. I said, I have to check your mouth. Uh, why, why, you know, why are we acting up? Again, he's tossing me off the walls. I'm one of those guys that just have been around a long time. You're not going to toss me anywhere. And um, eventually the teeth were good, but there was some blood there. Where's this blood coming from? lifted the tongue up and there was a pretty big hole in the back of his tongue and uh, called my vet right away. So within 17 hours of getting the horse after getting beat all those, those lengths, uh, we sutured it up. A couple of days later, uh, my daughter gets on him. We're doing figure eights. We took him to the gate for schooling. Not an issue. Now something in between there on the Saturday, a few hours, uh, you know, after about 20 hours of having this horse, a phone call comes from Toronto couple of friends worried about my daughter's safety tells me not to put my daughter on this horse. He's very dangerous. And um, okay, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Didn't tell anybody about the tongue. And then another phone call comes through the next day. The horse runs off blindly in the morning. You can't train the horse. Uh, so obviously this tongue was really bothering uh, Ready at Dawn. And uh, sort of like the line with the thorn in its paw. You know there's something that's causing distress to the animal, but you don't know what it is. You get there, you pull the thorn out, and now the horse is like your best friend. Um, he follows me everywhere. He gets lots of grass, lots of mints. You know, when first got him, he was spitting those mints out. Now he's eating a bag a day. His personality is evolving. Um, there is lots to like about him training. His, his uh, ancestry, as, as I mentioned, was all dirt pedigree. There was some grass, but the synthetics didn't come in until 2006 in Ontario. And those races were won by these champion mares, um, his grandmother and great-grandmother, um, were one on the dirt surface. The horse is training up a storm out here, 
So for a live long shot that's 30 to 1 in the morning line, um, I can invent him. I can make this horse running a big race. He's a very fast horse. He's working well. We're going to take them as far as we can on the front end. So, Daryl, you mentioned Julia. That's your daughter who, you know, gallops horses, grooms horses. Your wife, Michelle, is also part of it. This is a real family operation, and you don't see that a lot in horse racing. Um, Particularly, I would think maybe in a smaller stable, that's what you have to do. Is that why your family is basically doing this? I grew up around the horses um, as a – like I said, I've done every job back there, but – my daughter, I have four, four, four children. My, my youngest daughter is the, the one that's horse savvy and, and really uh, took a, a strong interest from uh, understanding how they travel to understanding how the races work, uh, working with the animals. She is just so um, strong at everything she does, headstrong, puts the bandages on, gets on the horses. She wants to learn every aspect. And now being younger, she's 17, she's a whiz with the computer. So, uh, you know, technology for some of us uh, as we get a little older uh, is a little more difficult. So she, she's really been a star for us. Um, but being family-oriented um, kind of outfit, uh, there's a lot of expenses involved. We're able to save some money by uh, just working hard as a family. And uh, that's, that's a big plus. So we don't have to charge the, the big prices that some of the other outfits do. Um, we keep some costs down. But it's also, you know, it's a lifestyle. One thing about horsemen and, and uh, especially families, it's a lifestyle. So this is, uh, you know, basically seven days a week, a good nine months a year if you don't travel anywhere. And, and it's, uh, it's family-oriented, and it's a type of lifestyle. I mean, you get up in the morning, you're going to the barn. Lunchtime, you know, you're, you don't get out of here till you know, one or two, and then you come back for a feed. There's, there's no, let's go out tonight. No, 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 no. The horses come first. You can't go anywhere, you know, if, if you're a family type of business and, and uh, the horses, they need to eat, they need to be uh, um, groomed, they need to be exercised every day. So this is not, <laughs> let's go take a vacation. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, in December, if you, you know, if you can get outside and get away, and of course COVID has hurt a lot of industries, and, and we got hit with the racing, uh, the SART program was taken out in 2012. So, you know, financially, it's, it's a difficult job. But, um, you know, we, we managed to stabilize. A lot of us in the industry have. And, and being family-oriented is, uh, you know, it's wonderful to come to work every day with your family. Daryl, you know, one of the quirks of the Canadian thoroughbred horse racing triple crown races are the three different surfaces. You've got composite, uh, dirt, and, and, and turf. Uh, how difficult is that? Uh, what challenges does that make for you? So this was neat. In 1988, I believe, uh, was the last time that F40 ran the Triple Crown, and our Prince of Wales was always run on the turf at a mile and a half. And they changed the surface to dirt. I believe 89 was the first time it actually transitioned over to dirt. Um, this makes a unique animal to win a Triple Crown. You take a horse that has to win on a synthetic track, has to win on a dirt track, has to win on a turf track, um, it's a, quite a unique to ever get an accomplishment like that, and it's going to be pretty difficult to do. We're not going to have it happen this year because Safe Conduct uh, didn't uh, make the, the Trevor's waiting for the breeders, but uh, that was the, the, the plate winner. Um, but um, overall, how, how difficult every horse handles different surfaces differently. Uh, horses will sand, love the grass, hate the dirt. Some horses will like the, the synthetic and, and hate the grass. They generally say grass and synthetics are the same, but not always. Dirt, dirt is a completely different animal. 
You cannot compare dirt form and turf form uh, to each other. You cannot uh, compare synthetic tracks and dirt tracks to each other. Uncomparable. So we're on our home track. We train regularly on this dirt track. The other, a few of them have come down to work last Tuesday. They saw our racetrack once, and there are different dirt tracks. Tampa's a deeper track. Gulfstream is a different kind of track. So we have a big home advantage being on our own dirt track. Yesterday we're in the paddock. Tomorrow we're going to the gate. We're getting a lot of education that the horses that are shipping in to run are at a little disadvantage. So for a 30-to-1 shot in the morning line, like I said, we're going to take them a long way. We have nothing to lose. We're going to the lead. And uh, whoever wants to run with us, it's going to be a long trip back to Toronto. <laughs> so, Darrell, what would it mean? You're talking now, I've known you forever. You're very optimistic. In your wildest dream, have you thought about what it would mean to win this race and, uh, and what your reaction would be? So, you know, financially, I really don't care. We struggle forever in this industry as horsemen. And, and it's not financial that this is about. This is about being in the record books. This is about being part of history, Canadian history. Uh, it is undescribable. What does it mean to, to a hockey player who wins the Stanley Cup? This is our Stanley Cup, as I said. And, and you know, to win it is, is what would it mean? What would I be thinking? I, I, I'd be in shock. I'm just delighted to represent Fort Erie. I really am uh, honestly feel blessed that we even have an opportunity you know, some people say, you have no chance. Some people say, well, you know, I mean, I've seen worse things or stranger things. And I really believe this horse is going to run a big race. Well, I mean, sounds the odds are great. And, and you, you've sold us. So I'm going to have to convince Perry to put in a, some sort of a, 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 a team bet here. Uh, Daryl, very, very nice to meet you. Enjoyed the conversation. Thanks very much. Jim Perry, thank you very much. And uh, continue success with your show. And it was nice talking to you, and uh, thanks thanks for all the support for Fort Erie and, and racing in, in across Ontario. Our pleasure. Thanks, Daryl. Enjoy your day. That's Daryl Ezra, and uh, his horse, Ready at Dawn, goes to the post at 30-1 to 1 odds. Prince of Wales stakes Tuesday at Fort Erie, and that's the second jewel in the Canadian Thoroughbred Horse Racing Triple Crown, and uh, post time slated for 5.30. Ready at Dawn, is that, you know, what do you think, Perry? Is this horse going to win? I think he's taking a shot. It's a long shot. There's eight horses in the field. He's 30 to 1. But I think he looks at it from the point of view. He's done a lot of work to correct this horse. This horse was bred to be very good. And um, he's taking the shot right now. Um, You know what? If he honestly didn't believe that the horse had somewhat of an opportunity to do well, he wouldn't put the horse in the race. Well, I can tell you that I even remember the horse dance smartly. Uh, so that, that, that was a great horse, no question about that. So the bloodlines are there. We'll continue on uh, the highly anticipated Yes Guy, No Guy is coming up next. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. He specializes in mortgage financing for purchases, refinances, home equity line of credit, and private lending. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact him on Twitter at MTGDean. Visit his website, Dean or give them a call at 416-885-1761. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes Guy, No Guy.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the highly anticipated closing to the Yes Guy radio show, the edition of Yes Guy, No Guy that requires no permission at all because it's part of the family. Go ahead, sir. We referenced Tom Brady at the start of the show, and you mentioned that some pundits have thought that the team can go undefeated in the regular season. That's 17-0. Do you think it's possible? I'm going to say yes, Guy. In fact, as I was watching the game against the Cowboys, I thought this might be the closest they come to a loss all year. <laughs> so I'm going to say yes, Guy, just because there's some weird stuff happening. We enjoy the weirdness, and, and why not? I mean, that would be the ultimate the ultimate compliment to coming off a Super Bowl win, wouldn't it? Well, Jim, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I don't think they're going 17-0. That's, that's wishful thinking. There, it's So many things could happen. And I think for something like that to happen, Tom Brady would have to have the greatest, you know, career of his, greatest season of his career, which has been pretty amazing so far. There's just anything could happen. I would, uh, Daryl Ezra's ready at dawn is 30 to 1. I'd make the chances of um, the Buccaneers going undefeated this year 50 to 1. But you're saying we have a chance. Okay, yes guy, no guy, number one from this side of the equation. Yes guy, no guy, the Argo bounces alive and well. Yes, guy, except now it's called the Argo Clang since yeah. the replacement field goal kicker hit the uprights on an extra, you know, the, the conversion. So, uh, you know what? It was a stunning win by the Argos, but equally so. Now I'll take it my yes, guy, no guy. Are you concerned about the Hamilton Tigercats quarterback situation? Because their top two quarterbacks are hurt, and this is the team that everyone says is going to win the Great Cup this year. Oh, yes, I am concerned, uh, and I don't know that the status, uh, you know, that'll be determined uh, as the week starts. Uh, Jeremiah Masoli was on the sideline there and was moving around, uh, so I don't know if he's on his way back or not, but uh, the injury to Evans looked looked fairly significant, although I couldn't tell what the heck it was, but he was in obvious pain, and, uh, and the replacement, uh, Watford, uh, didn't look like he was ready, although after some jitters, uh, he figured it out. So, But but still, you need your starting quarterback to win in this league, so, so yes, guy, concerned that way. Yes, guy, no guy. How about this one? The Buffalo Bills will get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, guy. That won't happen because that would mean that the Kansas City Chiefs didn't get to the Super Bowl. And I think if you want to look at Kansas City's made it to the Super Bowl the last two years, they may end up becoming like the Buffalo Bills who made it four Super Bowls in a row. So I'm sorry to take the, uh, the shine off your, uh, your question, but no, that's not going to happen. Oh, okay, guys. So let me reverse it then. Yes, guy, no guy. The Bills will struggle this year. No, guy. They will do well because they're on a trajectory of doing well, but I don't think they're at that point where they're, they can get to the Super Bowl. So I would say I would expect the Buffalo Bills to maybe make it into, uh, you know, the f- first two rounds of, of the playoffs, and that's when I think, you know, the inevitable may happen with a better team beating them. But this is a team that's really doing great so far. I, I like their trajectory. Go ahead, sir. All right, you ready for a yes guy, no guy? Yeah, yes guy, yeah. That's We've been watching, ahead, you've been watching Tennis Talk Canada, so much tennis lately. Is there anything better just purely from watching tennis on TV than watching the U.S. Open and, and the crowd atmosphere? 
Uh, no guy. I mean, I like all the, the slam events, but the, the U.S. Open has that New York uh, feel to it with the, uh, I mean, and other events uh, certainly have celebrities at them as well, but it's a New York thing, and I think we identify with it more, uh, and I just love watching it. I mean, uh, you know, I've talked to people and, and come up with this own uh, sort of uh, feeling myself. Is it's, it's a solo sport. You're on the court yourself competing, uh, not much in the way of coaching. People have hand gestures and that, but they're not supposed to, but, but literally you're on, you're, you're competing with yourself against an opponent uh, and there's no real truer competition than that so I'm, I'm going to say yes guy to that uh, can I no, I think we're I, actually Perry unfortunately we don't have time I'm just going to say this um, ready at dawn wins the Prince of Wales stakes quickly no guy it's not going to happen I hope the horse finishes in the top five gets a check but yeah, I think it's just it would be a hell of a story I'll put it that way and I'm going to put some money down for you okay 31 why not Sure. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed this edition of Yes Guy. Enjoy your week.